iZombie Radio. I'm your host, Chris King, uh, here for the, this final episode to kind of look back at the season and the series as a whole. And as always, I'm joined by Blaze Hopkins, Sean Carpenter. We're going to dive into a lot of, you know, major stuff, you know, favorite characters, favorite episodes, moments, uh, just kind of looking back at season five and the series um, and, and really what it meant to us. Um, but before the, before we begin doing that, Blaze, how, how are you doing this evening, my friend? I am definitely uh, pretty beat, but, uh, you know, as always, happy to be here talking to you guys, and uh, this will be a nice way to cap off my night. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, I'm excited to... It's it, This is going to be nice. Like, there's not an episode to review. It's going to be kind of nice just to, like freely talk about the show and, and kind of just discuss the things we want to talk about. Um, and Sean, how about you, my friend? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Doing pretty well. Um, sad to see that this road has come to an end, but, you know, we. it's not like we'll never talk to each other again. So I'm done with you guys somewhere. after this. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not allowed. <laughs> uh, but, you know, with such a fun show as this, it's just kind of hard to say goodbye. But it's not goodbye forever, I guess. No, definitely. Definitely. I I feel you. I mean, it is weird. It's, it's strange. I mean, we've this has been such a... The show and the, the podcast has been such a big part of our lives for few years now and uh yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird not not meeting up uh well virtually meeting up uh, every week to to talk about it um you know and record uh but yeah but it's uh you know i think we we're gonna do one last big celebration um and and hopefully we get to talk about some things our, our listeners wanted to hear about um we do have a little bit of listener feedback uh one of our biggest fans um, that we're going to start with and uh, yeah and uh, I think we're going to just be able to really kind of all articulate what this show is, has meant to us over the last few years the the good I would say mostly the mostly the good maybe we'll touch a little bit on the bad but you know again mostly a, I think a celebration um, of what we love about iZombie and uh, I'm going to do my best to to stay as like energized uh, as I can uh, as both Sean and Blaze know the AC is busted in my house currently, so it's in like the mid '80s, and I'm feeling like I'm slightly in a sauna here. Uh, but you know what? I I I I got some caffeine in me. I'm gonna I'm gonna be as energized as possible. Um, but if the, if I seem like I'm dragging at all, it is only because of that. It is not because of uh, my lack of love for iZombie. But uh, but yeah, I think to to kind of kick things off, we're gonna have um just just a I think a pretty general discussion again, overview of, of the season as a whole. And we thought a great way to, to kick this off would be to start with um, this wonderful message we received from uh, our listener, Maddie Fernandez. Maddie's been a big, uh, big fan of the podcast over the years. They've really just can't appreciate, can't really describe how much we appreciate their, you know, they're always tweeting at us and always, you know, supporting us, um, always sending emails uh, and, and so it feels very right to, to end with, uh, with their, with their thoughts here on the show. Um, 
is a decent sized email. I'm going to read most of it uh, verbatim, perhaps, uh, <laughs> you know, perhaps condense a little bit here, here, Maddie. I hope, I hope you take no offense. Um, but yeah, and I think, you know, Blaze and Sean and I, we can, um, you know, latch on to, to some of some of the uh, ideas and topics that are brought uh, are brought up in here, and and that can kind of kickstart our discussion. And then, as I said at the top, we have uh, like some, kind of some roundtable topics we're gonna do, um, which we'll break down, but like things like favorite character, favorite villain, um, and uh, yeah, and that's really what the show's gonna be. And and we'll sign off one last time. Um, but yeah, but again, we're gonna get started here with Maddie's message. Um, so to say, you know, hello, it's Maddie. First of all, I'd like to congratulate you guys for reviewing this amazing show. You did an amazing job of keeping it professional, even with some technical problems from time to time. <laughs> uh, there were there were our share of those over the years. Uh, some some lost some lost iZombie episodes for sure. Some lost iZombie radio episodes. Um, one of the hardest things fan, uh, as a fan is, is seeing shows from an unbiased perspective and being critical without being negative, something not a lot of reviewers keep in mind when writing about a show. Looking at you, AV Club, uh, just kidding, just kidding. You keep, you guys keep it real, and it was always fun <laughs> to hear your theories and thoughts because as a listener, I'd rather hear someone that genuinely enjoys what they're reviewing. So cheers to you guys, you did it. Um, I have to say I genuinely enjoyed Season 5 more than Season 4 in terms of its tone. Not only because we saw more of Team Z, Team Z working together, but also because we saw each of our mains tried to promote peace in New Seattle. The CDC having such an important role this season was unexpected, at, and at some point I thought the narrative was going one way and it ended up going in a completely different way. While I predicted the tension between humans and zombies to rise, I would have never guessed that Dolly Durkins or Liv's dad would be such big figures in the last episodes of the season. Enzo, too. He always felt like... A a comic relief with his French accent and strange mannerisms. Um, I feel the main message of the season was that extremists from both sides of an argument are the worst, but I think it would have been easier for casual viewers to understand it, even if we didn't uh, have so many new characters introduced this season. I agree about the new characters, and we can probably touch on that. Um, it was hard to keep up with who played what role, unless you were truly a hardcore fan. But overall, I think the writers did a good job wrapping up the, uh, their biggest storylines, especially those involving the main characters. The fact that we had such a tense series finale ended in a happy ending pretty much summed up the season as a whole. Liv, Robbie, Clive, Peyton, and Major can finally breathe after all the shared trauma they've collected throughout the show. Um, I think that goes back to what you said in our finale episode, Blaze, about Liv kind of having that chance to breathe and relax. So I really like you know, that. that Maddie's sharing that opinion. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I generally thought the show was going to end with New Seattle getting nuked and all of our heroes dying in heroic deaths. Glad I was wrong. I'd also like to believe that with the mention of live sightings in the U.S. and Mexico, she's still out there doing Renegades work alongside with Major and the kids wearing some really bad disguises like the heroes in every Avengers movie. A classic hoodie and sunglasses <laughs> combo. <laughs> and bringing uh, ill people to Zombie Island. Some plots were left hanging in the end, but I think that's kind of realistic. The fact that hate groups are still out there resonates with our current social climate. Same with people who should be sent to jail like Mr. Boss. I didn't even mind Blaine not dying because he lived for the drama. He would have loved an epic ending, but he got a fate worse than death. And that's about it. Thank you for working so hard on iZombie Radio, and I hope the next projects you talk about are as fun as this one. Bye. 
Uh, again, thank you, Maddie, very much for the very kind, heartfelt message. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I can speak for all of us to say that, you know, even if we have just one listener that felt that felt felt that way about us um, as a show, I think that that makes this whole, whole thing worth it. You know. So, yeah, absolutely, definitely. But yeah, but uh, I thought I think they brought up a lot of great points in in the email um, about the about the season and and um, I think I'd love to hear you know Blazer Sean either one of you whoever wants to start first kind of what from what from Maddie's email um, really resonated with you in, in a way maybe you agree maybe you disagree um, about what's about season five because. I know we all had some thoughts on it as a whole. So, um, do you want to you want to kick things off? Like, did you want to talk about, you know, that the happy ending? Do you want to talk about the fact that people like Dolly Durkins and Mr. Boss are still out there? I um, so I'll jump in. I think honestly, what I want to talk about out of everything that Maddie said was, um, I think it's a very good perspective um, to touch on. Yeah, like Dolly being out there and hate groups continuing to exist, Mr. Bosses, the Mr. Bosses of the world, like, not necessarily being arrested. I actually think that's a really good perspective and a very, um, like, realistic and fair perspective to look at things with. Um, so I definitely had not been viewing those threads in, um, you know, in that way, basically. So I thought that was a really cool perspective to touch on and, uh, and yeah, overall, it's something that I definitely think is true, and I feel like that uh, actually makes me feel a lot better about those things, or at least willing to chalk it up to, like, that is a good enough idea for me to run with, I guess, is that, yeah, logically, the way the world works, like, you know, things like racism and sexism, they never fully die uh, as much as we'd like to believe we can get to that point as a whole. Um, you know, there's always going to be hateful people who slip through the cracks and, uh, continue to worm their way around the, uh, the world. For sure. For sure. I, I agree with you. It's kind of the, the sad truth there is that not every, not every villain gets their just desserts and the kind of systems that elevate these people, unfortunately, they, they might get lessened over the years, but it, it's difficult for them to ever truly go away. Um, yeah, that's that's a it's a really good point. Uh, Sean, how about you? Anything that Maddie had to write that you really latched on to and wanted to discuss? Um, hmm. Yeah, going off of the villains, just seeing how big Enzo got at the very end was something that shocked me as well um i don't really think there's that much to say about enzo that we already haven't talked about but it was just strange that he was the one after all is said and done to to be that like final hurdle um for the series because as we discussed dolly durkins doesn't see like, the Dead Enders and Chicks are still going to be an issue, just probably not as much since the zombies are now secluded. Um, <laughs> but... I, 
the other thing that I wanted to mention was the happy endings because, man, was I kind of just sitting on the edge of my seat the entire time, not knowing what was going to happen to these characters that I've spent five years with. And to kind of put that into perspective, I'm 25 years old at the time of recording. That's one fifth of my life spent with these characters. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. No, I, I do. I mean, that's the, that's the crazy thing about TV. I mean, I think about the fact that Supernatural's going into season fifteen, and um, I'm yeah, I, I yeah, I just turned twenty, I just turned twenty seven, and I remember watching that show when I was in seventh grade. So it's like, yeah, and now and now I teach high schoolers when I was watching that show, and I wasn't even in high school, and it's it's just that's the, it's the crazy thing, man. It really is. You grow with you grow with these fictional people in a lot of ways. It's, yeah, so that's what I really latched on to, um, and obviously, I might have said some silly things previous episode with, oh, they left some plot points open. Maybe they can do something with it. But you know, that's just the nature of shows like this. It's it keeps the universe alive, even though we're not peering into the universe anymore through the lens of the show um in a perfect world would i love to see more adventures in this universe sure not necessarily on tv though like easily could do a post-series comic like so many other cult shows have had Mm -hmm. if if they ever so want to and that's what I kind of like about like storytelling in general. Uh, I don't like finite, here's the end, everything's peaceful, there's never going to be any problems ever again, storybook closed, locked, sealed, never to be touched again. You leave something a little bit open, you could have a little bit of fun with it. So, just some food for thought. Yeah, and I think going back to what Blaze said and what Maddie originally brought up, there's some, I think there's some truth in the fact that not every loose end gets tied up, um, because I think that is how, how, uh, how life works in a lot of ways. Um, one thing I, I will also agree with Maddie on is how many new characters were introduced this season, um, where I seemingly didn't think they had to be. I I would agree on that point where, you know. Uh, we already, I think we talked about Dolly, literally talked her, talked about her to death last episode. But for her to be such a central antagonist, um, and then really the payoff there to me wasn't that great. Uh, I would have rather it had been kind of this faceless group of dead enders in some ways. Um, and then with Liv's dad, to me, that felt now in hindsight a little rushed, a little ham fisted when. You know, maybe if we had gotten introduced to him at the end of last season, or maybe if we had been introduced to him in the very, very first episode of this season. Like, I just think it all, you know, it all just kind of, they had all these ideas and they just, it, they threw it all at the wall and were like, you know what, some of it's going to stick and some of it's not. Here's a new character because we want to do this. Here's a new character because we want to do that. Um, and it got to the point where, 
like I couldn't remember. I mean, we all were having issues remembering people's names on here even more than usual, you know, um, mm-hmm. especially like especially like the coyotes, for example, um, or, or the new the new kids that that live has, and major have now have now sort of adopted. Um, so I think whereas in seasons past, um, we've really been able to latch on to certain people like an Isabel, like um, even even like a Wally in that first uh, first couple episodes of season three. You know that he gets killed, but we we really really feel that for Clive. Um, yeah, so I think that's what was a little bit missing this season too. With this uh, this influx of new, ca- new characters, was none of them really ended up popping um, in the way that I think ones in the past have. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to say about season five as a whole? Do we feel we're going to do a sort of a ranking of the seasons as one of our questions, but I guess as a whole, how do you feel as a final season? Did it, did it succeed enough for you? Is it something you're going to go back and be like, that's one of my favorite final seasons of a show? Or are you going to say that, you know what? It it felt like it was the right time to end the series. Um, blaze, what do you, you think what are your when you look back at this final season of iZombie how are you how do you think you're going to regard it so I definitely am not um I still am not like blown away with this season um and I think it was very much a safe ending and um you know I think that it could have been maybe a little more it it could have been uh, filled with a little more risk or a little more ambitious but at the end of the day um you know, this, I, I think I, I don't, that's not a, a knock. That's, uh, I won't ever look back on this season and be like, oh, that, you know, really dipped the show's quality or really took away from the product as a whole. I think that, um, while yes, at times. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a Dexter or a Sons of Anna. No, no, never. Um, so, you know, while it's definitely nothing that, you know, blew my socks off. Uh, it was safe, it was fun, and, uh, you know, it didn't ever, I think, lose this the heart of the show, or kind of the heart that the show is known to have, even if things got stretched a little thin at times, plot-wise, and, uh, again, even if the characters felt lackluster compared to other seasons. Um, I'll always look back on this final season as the, the final ride, and I think that they did a good job in the areas that mattered um, for the characters. And they went with, you know, the happiest ending. But, um, you know, reflecting on the season now, after, you know, I've had a week or two away from the episode, um, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I think that this show has uh, kind of always had that vibe to it. And... Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy to leave this show on such a happy note. Okay. Yeah. I, there's a lot about about what you said that I like there. Um, before I dive in, Sean, what about you? Do you agree with blaze? Are you more positive on the season? Are you more negative? I'm pretty much on par, but kind of different sort of reasonings behind it. Um, I just, especially with this final season, it definitely felt like it was 
time to wrap up the show. As much as I hate to say that because I love these characters, it's just it the show ended on a high note, and that's how shows like this need to go. If it dragged itself longer than it needed to and then had a season like this, I think I would have been a little more disappointed. But given what we were given, it felt very fitting for what it did. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of really the only difference in opinion I have from Blaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, overall, it not my favorite season, but it had much of what makes the show the show that it made it a fun ride to the very end. Kind yeah. of like a roller coaster you've ridden a million times. You know every twist and turn coming, except the, maybe that last one that you forgot about. Just right there at the very end, you're like, oh, wait, I forgot about that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess the way I would look at it is, to me, it felt... Um, I felt sort of like... Uh, like almost like a greatest hits album in some ways where, where there were some really um, terrific things that I, I loved uh, regarding certain brains, you know, the fact that we had so much of the, uh, of uh, you know, Team Z working together. Um, I, I, I liked that, you know, while we talked about how separate a lot of the stories felt at the start of the season that by the end we had so much teamwork that we had so much togetherness i think those moments i'm going to look back as the strongest especially like the second to last episode where they pulled off you know the oceans 11 heist Mm -hmm. like that one to me is always going to be one of my favorite moments from the season for sure you know the the dancing episode uh things like that like the highs for the for me for this season were really high um I guess to me, though, it's it's a season of moments rather than I look back at the storyline or the arc as a whole for this season and feel really satisfied. Unlike, you know, previous seasons, which we'll get to in our in our um, in our discussion in a little bit, where I feel like we're a little tighter, a little neater, felt like they were building to something more. This kind of felt like it was um, really biding its time until, uh, you know, until realize all oh, right we're in the second you know the the second to last episode of the last episode we need to have these humans and zombies really go for it and, and and fight and it really devolve into chaos um whereas other seasons we had this villain and they had this nefarious plan and everything was building to it until it kind of hit this beautiful crescendo um uh yeah so for me it, it's gonna be a season that maybe you know, I I revisit certain episodes and certain moments, but that I don't know if I'd really sit down and rewatch as a whole as much. Um, and as for the happy ending, I still do like the fact that our characters got those happy endings. You know, I'm glad Peyton certainly glad Peyton's not dead. I lost my I lost my crap when when I thought she was dead. And while it would have been okay with Major going, I'm glad he survived. Um, I just as we said last week, so I don't need to rehash it too much. It's just God damn it, find a neater, easier way to do it than <laughs> virtual reality chat. And it's just weird. And that's just always going to leave a weird taste in my mouth, you know? Um, but 
yeah, you know, it's it's still better than any of them going off and becoming lumberjacks and uh, or you know, I so I'll I'll take it. Um, and I'm I'm happy that you know, I'm happy that Liv was able to find peace. I'm glad that Clive was able to you know, be married and and have his family. Um, and I'm glad that Robbie finally got the, you know, the respect he deserved. Um, so I think to me that again the happy endings. As as maybe as contrived as they kind of felt, as maybe as a stretch as they felt somewhat, um, to to me they're enough. Um, I just, sure. I, I, yeah, I just wish I was giving this final season like a two thumbs way up rather than like a you know just a l- one limp thumb up. You know, <laughs> it's just. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it we, not everything can be you know our absolute favorite, uh, which I think is going to take us into. Really, guys, what what the whole rest of this episode is going to be? Just going to do fun, like kind of a fun roundtable. We've done this before with seasons as a whole, um, but this is going to be as the series as a whole. So, I'd be curious to see how similar or different mine, uh, Blaze, and Sean's answers are to these questions. Um, first thing we're going to kick it off with, we're going to kick it off with the big one here: favorite character. Uh, and Sean, I want you to go first, my friend. Favorite character in all of iZombie. You can only choose one. You can't couple people up. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's well. Luckily, say, this one isn't uh, a favorite main character. Favorite main character, I should say as well, because we have a yeah. Okay, but sorry, go ahead. I, oh, I, I I can't say random doctor behind whatever in episode three of season four or whatever. I don't even think that's an actual thing. I'm not even sure if there was any doctors in that episode, but <laughs> just making this up as I go along, folks. Um, so favorite character, I think just as a whole, um, Ravi would have to be mine uh, just for the sheer goofball factor of it. I love goofy, quirky characters who just, who, are intelligent, but also just kind of doofuses at the same time, you know? Um, And to see his character growth through the series and how the writing for him changed from sort of this dorky, nerdy stereotype into its own sort of blossoming character who kind of was almost about to sacrifice it all for the thing, the person he loves the most... And it's kind of tough to formulate my feelings about it, but he had some really standout moments for me, especially with the season three finale where he takes that pseudo sort of half cure that turns him into the ridiculous half-zombie monthly character we had in seasons four and five. Yeah, that that scene, by the way, is still one of my... That could have been an ending to the series. I think we've talked about before that ending of season three. I, I do. I love yeah. that, that. That he and, kind of goes out on that limb for Liv mm-hmm. instead of Liv having to be the person to go out on the limb for other people. Yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And I have more to talk about that moment later. So uh, that's kind of a 
bit of a spoiler for another question later on down the line. But, yeah, I mean, it just, he was the character I was rooting for the entire time, especially with the um, Blaine, Peyton, Ravi triangle. He was kind of the one I was always rooting for because in comparison to Blaine, Ravi is the most gentlemanly, nicest person to to be with Peyton, you know? Uh, Blaine made Johnny Frost look like a good option. (laughs) Yeah, which is saying something. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, no, like, honestly, I've said all I need to say about Ravi, because... Okay. No, that was awesome. I mean, I think there was all... All very good reasons there, for sure. And yeah. I think definitely, you know, I, I echo your sentiments about him, for, for sure. He's def- he's just Yeah, that, Robbie's... Yeah, he's the everyman. You gotta yeah. root for him, despite his, despite his huge brain, man. He's the he's the everyman. But, uh, Blaze, how about you? Are you choosing Ravi? Are you choosing someone else? My favorite character of iZombie is... Major Lily White. All right. Um... So, looking back, um, I think what I like most about Major is that we have seen him put in, um, I think the, I want to say, like, the uh, most diverse amount of tough and stressful situations. Uh, Going back to season one, you know, we see him have such a personal uh, interest in those kids, and I think they really set the character up so well um, of just like what he stands for, where his morals lie and who he is as a person and a character um, and just the care he has for humans. And I really love the development of, uh, of how that sort of is always the consistent thread uh, behind major's actions throughout the show. But I mean, I almost want to call him the um, like the Batman of iZombie in just that we've seen him have to like play the villain, you know, we've seen him have to be the, uh, be the chaos killer. We've seen him have to, you know, be this, uh, pawn and, but we eventually see him rise up when it is time. And, uh, and we see him step, you know, into the point of leading a freaking private military group, and having basically the, you know, in the middle of a national conflict and essentially like carrying the weight of an entire race of people on his back and like they love him, they hate him. Um, we've seen the character just go so up and down, but I feel like, you know, looking back, he's never wavered on who he truly is, even at times when his friends might not know the full story. Like even reflecting on the chaos killer stuff, I think was the biggest thing for me. Um, I'm blanking on the, uh, woman's name right now, but you know, he even tried to like find good in probably the worst situation that he could have ended up in. And, um, and yeah, I think, you know, he's just persevered, uh, so much throughout iZombie and, um, yeah, I, I'm, I agree, Chris, with kind of what you mentioned earlier. Like I wouldn't have hated if uh he had gone down in the finale but i am looking back like i'm so thrilled he lived just because um the character deserves it so i think that major had 
so many fun moments. He had so many connections with all the characters, too, from, you know, he was obviously involved in the core group. He dealt with Blaine directly. He dealt with Chase Graves. Like, he really touched on um, a lot of different areas and tones that iZombie, I thought, uh, brought to the table as a whole. And, yeah, Major had a major part in this show. And uh, I am appreciative for, for that. <laughs> Yeah. No, dude, I think that's that's great. And I, I couldn't agree more with what you say about his development. You know, he um, he goes from the guy who knows nothing about these zombies. I mean, we forget about how good his season one arc is, too. Yeah, when that's what I'm saying. Like, you look, and he even has to deal with, like, becoming a zombie against his will. Like, he even gets that perspective. Mm-hmm. And just like, yeah. you know, the character, he always, I feel like, can find the uh, the light at the end of the tunnel in a way. Agreed. Agreed, yeah. Sean, did you want to say anything about Major? Um, well, I mean, he's got some... He's got some fun stuff with him. Uh, you know, all, all the, the fun brains that we've had him on. And uh, he's definitely my second choice for favorite character, just on the basis of his entire story arc all the way up to the very end. Like he's he kind of ended where he started in a sense mm-hmm. with helping kids. Yeah, like I said, a, which is weird, but I like his, it. His like caring nature and his concern for you know other people. Like, never, you know, that's something that he never uh, loses throughout the entire show. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. It never really wavers. Yep. That's it's pretty awesome. It takes different forms, but, uh, yeah. Uh, no, that's a great choice. Great choice. Um, and then, I guess I'm I'm going to go here uh, with the... With my choice. It was This was a tough one. There was two people battling out for this, but ultimately... I gotta go with with who I, who I truly think is is my favorite, and and that's Liv Moore. Um, Clive Babineau was really close. He was I think really, I, that was really my guess close. for your second. Clive was my second choice too. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Clive. It's just uh, I. I mean, we all could sing the praises of Clive. Clive is like helped. the Superman of the show. I would say. That's a, that's an interesting way. That's an interesting way of looking at him. He just. I don't want to call him, like, obviously, I don't want him to be labeled as, like, Boy Scout, but no, he just, like, he's always there for everybody when they need him, and, like, he's always willing to put his life on the line and, uh, do, you know, to get his job done, and basically, like, so, just giving that little shout out. Definitely, and I think just everything he had to do with accepting the insanity of zombies, and, yeah, you know, and, and I still go back to season two and how he gives up his relationship with Basio for Liv to protect Liv's secret about that. And yeah, it's, um, there's a lot to love about Clive Babineau, but, uh, but to me, Liv Moore is, you know, I, I wrote a lot about how, uh, I zombie, especially during its first two seasons was, uh, at least for me anyway, uh, a metaphor for dealing with depression um, that, that this idea of you become this lifeless zombie and, um, and you need to really kind of find something that 
reignites the spark of in, in your life, you know, gives you new purpose. And um, and watching Liv over the seasons discover that, uh, first with working with Clive, and then, you know, her new role as Renegade. Uh, um, I don't know, to me, it never, it never not was, it was never not beautiful to just um, watch this person who, whose whole life changed and see her make something new out of it um, in this really wonderful way. Um, and we've, I've talked to Nazim about how selfless she is. That to me is just a quality that, um, I, I really love in, in, in any type, in characters of any type of fiction. Um, you know, some people can say those people, those characters are boring, not to me, that resonates with me, that kind of selflessness, um, to sometimes to a fault. And then, uh, I think part of it too, is just, I, I love what Rose McIver's done as a performer on the show, all the different brains she's had a play um but then in the emotional scenes uh, to me she always she always found the real heart of live she always found you know who the person was beneath beneath the you know exterior beneath the brain um and she, she had to carry so much on the show and do so much and um and i don't know i just think live to me she's gonna go down uh, definitely as one of my one of my favorite tv characters of all time and uh and I just think to, that as as great as everyone else is on the show, without her being this kind of foundation, um, it doesn't work. And uh, yeah, and I'm I'm just so as we talked about, like if we're talking about a journey that she like continues to again keep uh, finding uh, purpose in helping others, similar to what Major does. And then at the end of the series, she's still doing it, but she's able to get some type of uh, some type of peace from it as well some type of reprieve and um i think that's really beautiful so yeah i agree i think that's like a really great way to put it um obviously you can't go wrong with live as your uh your choice and i really like the uh arc that they gave her and yeah you know she's from episode one thrown into this uh this situation that derails her entire life and you know look at where she ends up so I think the the show, you know, made her an incredible main character. For sure, for sure. Um, so then our next question was favorite uh, villain besides Blaine, because Blaine is the obvious choice. So, like, I mean, and I think if, let's be real here, if I just said favorite villain and didn't make that a caveat, well, we've all said Blaine. Maybe. Probably. Or okay. at least had something to say about him. But. Eh. Well, well, why don't, Blaze, why don't you kick us off with your favorite not, not Blaine villain? Alright. There should be no surprise in this. But my favorite villain is Von Duclark. I don't even know if I would call him, like, a full <laughs> villain. Like, he's, like, he's an anti-hero, antagonist, and I guess, like, a villain catalyst like yeah he he was just like the most i think uh unique villain that came to the show because uh you know he was just so charismatic and so bizarre and uh i liked that they brought the um the max rager element into it more i thought that was like interesting just because that uh ended up being such an important 
piece of the show, uh, even carrying into the final episode. Um, and he was just such a goofball. I mean, from everything, everything from like, you know, getting major to like be his workout coach and stuff to just like how he would always be such a funny guy, but was also a huge dick at the same time. Um, and you know, he's that guy who like run, he's just, he was like your, your classic, just CEO that, you know, classic CEO villain who was just like, I want this and I want it now. And like had the secret lab and everything and the, the extra basement of his business. And, um, yeah, I thought he just brought an amazing element to that season. Yeah, I mean, I'll just jump in and say, too, he was my choice. Couldn't agree more. Um, I think Vaughn was just – Vaughn was our first – I mean, Blaine was our first villain in season one who definitely – he was entertaining, um, you know, snarky, had his had his personality, and he was really scary. Mm-hmm. And and so was Vaughn. I mean, but Vaughn was really funny. Va- Vaughn was in that way where – you know, sometimes Blaine, as entertaining as he was and as fantastic as David Anders was uh, in the role, you'd kind of want a little bit of space from him because if, like, he was killing kids or he was, you know, dealing drugs. Vaughn, it was just to me, like, especially with Major working for him, and um, I just loved all their scenes together, even when, like, when Major was his, like, personal trainer and, and all that, like, that... I just never got tired of spending time with Vaughn and um, but but we and we also saw that he was, you know, he he was a coward. You know, he gave up his own daughter to save himself. Yeah. He like he just he was that slimy CEO character yep. in all the best ways. And yeah, I to, to me, if if we're not including Blaine, who I, I think obviously is the series main and best antagonist. Um, yeah, Von Clark's number one for me, easy. Um, 100%. Sean, how about you? Well, I thankfully had two choices for this, so I'm just going to go with the other choice I had, and that would have been Chase Graves. Nice. If only because he kind of presented the first real sort of menacing character like who could easily just wipe our main characters off the playing field without even batting an eye um Vaughn would have been pretty apprehensive to make moves like that because he's not a military guy he's a business guy Chase on the other hand would get it done if he if it had to be done and in a weird way, kind of was this mentor figure to Major as a way of, here's how not to lead a military force that also just happens to be the true governing body of a city. Um, And just the way he met his end felt fitting as well. Um, What else do I have to say about him? Yeah, I think that's a great point, though, about him leading essentially by bad example. <laughs> it's a major, you know, like... Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Like Major learns how to be a better version of Chase. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think even like up to that point, I agree with what you said, Sean, of like Chase presents Chase like I think really shifts just everything into like the end game mentality and I think he really establishes the tone almost for the ending we got of like zombies v humans and everything um even Vivian like she's a fun character but the minute she again like she was such a great um character to like introduce us to Fillmore Graves before Chase just because um you know, she's so much more kind of, like, light and easygoing. And then the minute that Chase steps in, like, nobody's screwing around anymore. And, uh, and yeah, he was a really good character. I really enjoyed his uh, presence. And, yeah, I think that, you know, he was, as you both said, the, you know, the example and mentor for um, Major to believe in at first but then recognize uh when he took things too far yeah and i think also actually like this sorry this just uh, hit me i think what's also interesting is looking back at this final season how if we look it also makes sense you see the almost the other side of chase with uh in enzo right like another person that had sort of been uh, a part of Fillmore Graves, and I forget exactly when Enzo started popping up, but, um, but you know, we, basically, like, what we know about his character is he could have taken, he basically, um, kind of came up in the same way Major did, but, you know, saw the other side of the Chase Graves coin, and probably, and, you know, clearly believed in that. Yeah. That okay? Did wasn't even thinking about Enzo. It it like just yeah. It, it honestly just kind of it, it just clicked. Yeah. Now yeah. like when you know looking back on Chase a little bit more, it just kind of hit me and like that point of him being I didn't I didn't really you know I think that's a very good point of him being like a a mentor figure, but it just hit me that it kind of exp- extends even past major and you know interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, and definitely you know, the last the, the last thing I want to say about Chase Graves, he didn't seem like what I feel about with villains is how I want my villains to be is I don't want them to see themselves as evil. I want I kind of like them when they see themselves as kind of the hero of their story. Mm-hmm even if it means taking these sort of dark drastic measures like the uh, the zombie guillotine or stuff like that, he sees those as necessary evils to accomplish this goal for the greater good. Was it the best? Probably not. But he thought so and was willing to put his neck on the line for... Uh, for what he believed in. And I kind of appreciate that with villains. I don't want them just to be evil for evil's sake. Granted, I could say that about all the villains for the show in its entirety. <laughs> no, but I get now what that I'm thinking I get, about it. I get what you're saying though. I, I totally agree with you. And I think chase graves, I think especially because chase graves was about 
keeping zombies safe that it's it's easy to empathize with what his cause was for a while there um because we we wanted zombies to be okay too and there was so much hate that they were all facing um that it wasn't it wasn't a stretch to see this uh more militarized version uh more militarized response as an appropriate response but uh but yeah but uh but sean i want to stick with you for our next question here which I oh, think so. I, I thought this was a fun one when I was coming up with them. Which he is, said he said Vaughn. Oh, you said Vaughn too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I said Vaughn already. Yeah. Okay. No, nothing yeah. else to discuss then. Oh, good. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to talk about this this next category here. This next question. favorite side character. Uh, okay. Um, so this is like <laughs> side character supporting character. So this doesn't count. Like when I say supporting character. As I defined it for you guys, I'll just make sure our listeners know. Like, I'm not talking about a Peyton um, or even even some ways a Blaine. Uh, um, maybe they don't show up in every single episode, but but this is this is one of our 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 friends on the show that that appears every once in a while and and definitely you know and uh, I would say has to have appeared in multiple seasons probably for the most part. But but yeah. Uh, Sean, I'll kick it off with you. Who's your favorite side character or supporting character uh, in iZombie? This should come as no surprise. If it does, do any of you guys actually know me? Um, I went with Vampire Steve just for... Again, I love goofy side characters. I love goofy characters in general. And even... <laughs> Even in a pseudo serious show like this, these sort of side characters like Vampire Steve kind of breathe a little fresh air into the scenes that they're in because of just how ridiculous he was when he was first introduced. He kind of became a little more moderate as the show went on and as he appeared more often, but just that first initial shock factor of he works for the police and he dresses like that. Okay. And it brought up a whole lot of questions that, you know, won't ever really get answered because he's a side character. So we won't have a whole, we wouldn't have had a whole, here's vampire Steve's entire backstory sort of deal. Um, And he just provided a lot more humor that I sort of get, which I I hang around hang around a lot of people who are very similar in aesthetic and demeanor, uh, and so there's a there's a lot of vampire Steves at your work. Not at work. <laughs> it, it's this more sort of like neo goth kid that Vampire Steve sort of is embodying not mm-hmm. <laughs> not necessarily the vampire aspect of it though you make jokes about vampires all the time uh i work at a grocery store we sell a lot of garlic you can fill in the blanks uh and <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i mean there's not much <laughs> else to say it's a good choice. It's definitely. I mean, Vampire Steve's always been fun. You know, he's yeah. always, and especially when you know he started playing D and D with Clive and um, all that, all that bits, all those you know, 
uh, humorous bits were really funny, and he he never not made me laugh. That's for sure. I agree. That's a great. It's a great choice. Um, Blaze, how about you? Mine uh, kind of goes along with Sean's in a way, but mine is Jimmy the Sketch Artist. Um, I Very think good choice. I think he was just. Uh, I I look back and I think he's just like such a. He's been such a funny piece of the show. Um, I really liked that he kind of started off just being, again, this little kind of... uh, He was like so off-put by whatever or annoyed by Liv, and that kind of became his running thing, just like of like, what is this girl on, you know, in reference to however she was acting. And, uh, And I liked that they were able to keep him around and kind of that group as a whole, um, for him and Vampire Steve, uh, together. But, you know, again, with Jimmy is, I, I like that they brought them in with the D and D stuff, like you said, um, because they were easily characters that, you know, could have never popped up again, but the show chose to, uh, insert them in these small ways. And, uh, with his character specifically, I liked that he even came into it in the end and kind of his role grew, large enough to, you know, help them come up with the high zombie sketch idea, um, in the final season. And like, he even had a small involvement in like trying to save the world and, uh, like reflecting on the side characters. I thought that was pretty cool. So. No, I agree. I agree with you. I especially, that's a, it's a great point about the kind of shocking importance he had in this yeah. season. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, no, I, uh, Jimmy and uh, Vampire Steve to me it's funny they're like a they're like a really great uh, like combo you know like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I can't have one without the other um, and I'm glad you guys both chose them um, they're you know great fun especially Jimmy with uh, in like the first season when Liv has the artist brain and then that always carries over this like hit like hit him not liking her because of the sketching exactly. thing like that like he he's just like so put off by her to begin with because of that like it's such a bad first impression that it yeah. just leads to a lot of fun and i love that the show almost never let it go it was mm-hmm. it was great um no those are both two two fantastic choices they fail to be as good as mine but they're both great ones because mine of course it's got to be johnny frost <laughs> it's 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 got to be uh there is no other choice to me if we're just talking about, like, you just needed this over-the-top, like, like just, he represents the best of iZombie comedy to me, and the fact that he's just, like, this goofy, strange, like, could only exist in this world where zombies are alive type character, where, uh, and just when you think he can't get himself wrapped up in anything new, you, you know, you, he, he's in, you find out he's in the Dominatrix episode, Yvonne Du Clark is the typical sleazy um, CEO type. Then Johnny Frost is the typical sleazy like news anchor guy, you know, who <laughs> just is or wet weatherman technically. But um, yeah, and just his name to it being Johnny Frost, one of those great eye zombie names. Um, and it, I just you just knew any time, like I said, a, a 
but again, like anytime Liv got roped into anything that had any type of like weird, anything that was like weird sexually or kinky or had that weird stuff, you knew, hey, guess who's gonna wind up in this episode somehow? Johnny Frost, and he always had an entertaining story to go along with it. Um, so yeah, he's he's got to be my favorite one, man, just for pure comic uh, comedic relief. Um, but yeah, uh, what, uh, so with that, um, we have our next category, which is da, 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 favorite brain. Mm-hmm. Who, who wants to get us started with that? I can. I think mine's like pretty short and sweet. Sounds good. So my favorite, um, brain was the episode where, um, Liv and Major got to be the, like, middle-aged father and the 15-year-old daughter, with Major being on teen brain. Um, I think that the joint brains were really fun as the show developed, and, um, you know, when they became, they weren't as frequent, so it was nice to kind of take the moments, and um, just seeing Liv and Major, seeing you know, getting to see those two characters... Uh, share brain and everything was uh, a nice treat and something we I don't even know if we if they did that again but uh but you know but regardless it was amazing to see major on teen brain and um looking up kind of like some brains and and that episode and everything they're just like our you know fun quotes that are highlighted in in people's reviews and reflections, just, you know, with like major saying all your classic team things, like how Liv isn't, you know, how the older people are embarrassing him and, you know, things like that. So for me, I think that was just a, a funny brain that was well executed and it allowed our, uh, our characters allowed like Robert Buckley to, you know, flex some acting, acting chops in a fun way. Definitely agree with you there. Teenage girl brain and the combo of it, of Liv being the, the father. Uh, just perfect. One of, by far, one of the funniest brains and a great choice. I mean, I, I, just, uh, but I still always, to this day, remember Major in the Fillmore Graves locker room taking selfies of himself. Yeah. Curless selfies. And just, yeah, just, that's all you need. That's all you need. Oh my god! So I, I literally want to, as soon as we fin- finish recording this, watch that episode now. Um, Sean, how about you? Uh, well, I had a couple choices. Teenage Girl Brain was one of them. So everything's been said about that brain at this point. Um, <laughs> it's not necessarily a brain we had for long. But the Broadway musical brain that we had for that short, short, short brief scene uh, back in, I believe it was season four. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't exactly remember what it was, but I just I had that written down for such a long time uh, because of just it was the entirety of the bar that was on this brain. And they were all just doing a dance number from. Gosh, I not entirely sure. I should have done my research ahead of time, but um, let's see. Broadway musical. There were. I think it was. It was something from like Hair or one of those like more rock ones. I feel like. 
Yeah. It was silly. So, in all honesty, it didn't really matter what musical they were doing. It just was... I believe it was a cutaway back from a commercial break where... I could be wrong. Again, it's been a while since I've actually seen this particular episode. Um, but it just was out of the blue. Uh, um, and in conjunction with that, the more thought out one that I actually have is salsa brain, salsa dancing brain. Because great choice. Time, yeah, that's a good one. Was Ravi on this brain? Too? Yeah, Ravi was also on this brain, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Or was he not? No. No, he wasn't. It was I don't believe he was, no. Okay, it would have been so much cooler if they both were on the same brain at the same time. But it brought a lot of um, physical humor from just the training montage with Ravi uh, and any of the dancing scenes. Because... Again, with this kind of show, you're allowed to be a little bit outlandish and for it to be justifiable within this universe. It's a very exaggerated universe. So it looked like everyone had a lot of fun with the brain in terms of making the episode, and I sure had a lot of fun watching it. And, yeah. I think that's all i got to say about that. Yeah, that was definitely a great brain. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was fun. It was probably my favorite brain from season five for sure. Yeah, definitely, and, and one of one of the best I think of the series. Um, I can't believe you both slept on this one, man. My my favorite brain I think of all time. I was thinking about it. You got this, bro. You got this. It's 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 zombie oh, bro, man. It's, I considered it. I considered it. it. Overlooked it, it so hard. Yeah, that just live in that episode. It's hysterical. It, I just you know, um, at least like great moments when she goes to the party. She's playing pong with like, I just and I still, I I that's still a gif I'll use regularly. Is like you got this bro one, and I just I don't know, and I just remember. To me, like that was the what the, I think like the second episode of season two, and that brain uh, uh, happened, and and I just was like, wow, this show is going to the next level for me, and uh, yeah, I I loved it, and I thought that was one where I thought Rose was great on her own individually, but to me, it was really the interplay between her and the other characters that just made it um, so much fun, and that dress she made out of. The freaking caution tape, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, God, very, very much, uh, very much a fun one. I, I think that, you know, there, another one I thought that was on my list, and I know we, I said we couldn't choose two, but Dominatrix Brain was another one. <laughs> where hey man, I just, I broke the rule with having two brains, so yeah, I just uh, Dominatrix Brain was just another one of those ridiculously funny ones, and. Yeah, and uh, Dungeons and Dragons brain, like, uh, but, but yeah, no, if I have to just choose one, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Fraternity Brothers on Zombie Bro brain, as I like to call it. Um, nice. Well, those are all good options. We're going into our 
second to last category here favorite season um i'll actually i'll start us off with this one i think for me far and away my favorite season of i zombie i sort of just hinted at it uh season two same um yep okay yeah i i i just think it's the season that balanced the season long season long arc the best while also doing a lot of fun standalones um had the best villain in my opinion with von du clark it just balanced that fun it balanced the fun and the drama of i zombie um in a way that i don't think any other season fully captured i think season one had you know season one built to that i think especially the second half of season one um is pretty spectacular um when you get on that run especially when um when um oh my dear god how am i forgetting this in our very last episode um liv's boyfriend in the first season who blaine kills uh thank you when lol dies um it just that's when season one really gets going but to me season two kicked off with like those first couple episodes and never really stopped Um, i agree yeah, I love it. It's, I thought it like really it's season a two really. Season yeah, Sorry, season season like really takes things up a notch in all the perfect ways, and I agree. It like it wasn't afraid to go big and just be like, okay, we gave you season one, but like, you know, from start to finish, just like they really unleash everything. And um, even on a smaller note, like I thought Drake was such a good addition. Right, this was his season. Yeah. Um, like he was a good boyfriend for Liv. I liked his character. Um, even, um, like Gilda, she was a fun side character. Uh, are we, is this when I forget, is this when we're first introduced to Basio or I, is this a season where she like becomes more of a mainstay and like has her relationship with Clive, right? First. Yeah. This is when we're first introduced to her Clive and her start dating because at the end of season two is when they break up and that's the reveal. So like they just like, I feel like this season is such a perfect transition to kind of like elevating the show to its final form. Almost, you know, we get sort of the fallout and the, um, and pretty much for the most part, we still have zombies as a secret, but they finally bring Clive into the know and like, there is, you know, we talk about how, about like, you know, that was one of the biggest sacrifices and risks kind of the show has ever made a character take, in my opinion, is like Clive is put in an impossible situation. And again, this is why I call him like the Superman in a way, because it's like he puts what's important and like what, you know, and everybody else above himself. And like, that's a clear cut example. And it's like, it's painful. Um, and I think like the only... I think, like, the brains, so this is, I was going to touch on, like, the brains as a whole in this season were, like, so spot on. I mean, you get, like you said, Chris, this is frat bro. You get, like, the country singer episode. You get superhero brain. You get, like, grumpy old man. Um, there's, like, a lot of just solid brains. Stripper, stripper brains yep. this season. Yeah, it's, like, there's a lot Mercenary of solid brains. Brain. And yeah. then I think, like, the probably the only... Annoying thing about this season is it uh, is the it in, gives us the Blaine saving Peyton, but I'll at least admit you know that um, happening leads to you know in the end a sh- 
kind of Ravi taking a good look at himself in the mirror, and at the end of the day, a uh, stronger relationship between him and Peyton. Agreed. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree there. Yeah, it's ultimately ends up working out for the two of them, but yeah. And to me, that's like one small moment where I'm yeah, like... Yeah, that was like me being like a nitpick of like... Especially because it's really just like the beginning of it and in the, you know, and that moment makes complete sense for who the characters are. Um, and it's yeah, after and that I when we wanna, start getting all of the annoying stuff. I don't want to talk too much about it, but you also get in like the final couple of final couple episodes there, you get, as you sort of said about Liv and uh, revealing herself to Clive and Clive having to carry that secret. You get the Rob Thomas of it all. You get, yep, I was going to say like that. And you, you know, the finale is just top notch, but yeah, it has the season like has it all. It really does. Sean, how about you, man? What's your favorite season of iZombie? Um, I'd have to say season three. Uh, I've got many, <clears throat> many reasons behind it. Uh, it, well, as I kind of hinted at earlier with, um, with Ravi being my favorite character, the final shot of him taking that cure after Liv scratched him felt like one of those perfect ending points. And in a way it kind of was because after that point, the whole dynamic of the show kind of shifted to this humans versus zombies narrative that we got with season four and season five under the whole new Seattle sort of stuff. Uh, but season three just felt like when the characters were the idealized versions of them, we had a lot of, a lot of fun moments with these characters. Um, it, if I'm not mistaken, was was this this was the season that begun with Blaine and Major both losing their memories and if I'm not mistaken right well Major Major had already l- lost his and yeah at, at that was in wasn't that in season two the Major lost his or am I it was either at the very tail end of season two or the beginning of season three. Uh, well, Blaine, but... Blaine definitely, Blaine definitely is pretending to have lost his. Yeah. Because if I'm not, if I remember correctly, um, that was when he got like at the end of season two was when he got cured. Uh, and we got the funeral home and the beginning of that sort of the, those sort of shenanigans with the funeral home post season two um i have a lot to say but i just don't know where to start um i mean the whole it it, while we don't like the whole love triangle thing that we dealt with with um ravi payton and blaine it helped evolve the characters in a way that really felt sort of right with how everything went. Um, 
and we got the fun brains from that season because if I'm not mistaken, teenage girl brain was in season three. Yeah, Teenage Girl Brain is one of the first, I think, two or three episodes of season three. Yeah. Yep, season three, episode two. Uh, and it... It really did give us some silly, silly, silly brains. Zen Guru Brain, uh... Ripper brain, I believe, or was this Dominatrix brain? Um, no, this was the gossip brain. And Dominatrix brain, yep. Okay, so the favorite brains of the season, of the series, were in season three. Um, and, gosh, the finale was something that I really did appreciate uh with a lot of shows there are some fans who think certain seasons would have been the perfect cap off like i keep hearing talks from supernatural fans saying that season five was the perfect cap off and then it kind of just spiraled out of control after that point but here it as I already had said, it felt like the end of one story, but the beginning of another within the same universe and kind of made season three stand out to me more than even season two or season four for that matter. Um, and they managed to do that all with the same amount of episodes from season one and season four, where season two kind of felt like it was chugging along with this extra couple episodes they ended up having. Um. Yeah, no, I get you. And that finale of season three is the biggest game-changing finale the show ever had, you know, when uh, when the, so many people in Seattle, including Basio, are infected, and then you know, we get new Seattle from it. Um, and like you said, it's very much the, the beginning, uh, uh, of the end in a lot of ways. It's a, it's, it's really a, it's an end to the one version of the show. And, uh, it's the beginning of a, a whole new version. I think. Yeah. No, that was a great choice. Did you, do you want to say anything else more about it? I don't want to cut you off there. No, because I feel like I was sort of circling <laughs> circling the drain a bit with my thoughts. Um, I think season season three is when we get Dungeon Dragons brain too, isn't it? Uh, or is that season four? Let's see. No, that's season three. I thought Episode so. I was gonna say twenty sided die. Yep. That so that's another it's another great reason to put it on the list for sure. Um nice man. Love it. Uh, and it also was the first season we covered live on the show, too. You know? <laughs> week to week. Very so true. So there's that sort of sentimental value. Very true. Very true. Um, well, speaking of getting sentimental, we're going into our, our last question here, our last really ever dis 
discussion here on the show, which uh, it's going to be taking it from favorite season down to something even smaller here. And this is going to be favorite episode of the series. I know it's really tough. We've ha- we have what? How many in total? Like what? Thir- so 71. 13. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, yeah. Yeah, 71. Yep. Yeah, damn. So, 71 episodes to choose from. Um, Blaze, I'll let you kick us off. What is your favorite episode? At, at this point in time, at least. You know, it could always evolve and change over the years. But your My, favorite episode. This was, I, this was, like, pretty easy for me. I think it just all comes back to the season two finale. Um, I just think, again, it caps off my favorite season of the show. It's completely bonkers. Like, it, again, is not afraid to go to the most extreme with the zombie outbreak. Um, you know, it's just like they have the Supermax Rager pro- party. Like you have the Rob Thomas meme joke in there. Um, you get to see a full zombie outbreak. And um, uh, you have, again, even like there's the heightened drama of like Peyton being kidnapped by Mr. Boss's guys that episode and like her being held up and, um, you know, sort of having that split, uh, like threat going on and seeing like the characters have to deal with different things, but it was just like pure chaos in my eyes. And it's, uh, kind of the, the perfect ending to the Max Rager story. And it's something that I will never forget. Well, damn, uh, that was going to be my answer, so I agree with you. Oh, <laughs> As the two-part finale. No, it's cool. It's cool. I have I have some backup <laughs> ones, which I'm going to look over, because uh, you said it pretty much perfectly. Um, I think yeah. I go back, and I just go back to the Clive live stuff, um, mm-hmm. so it has that emotional impact. I go back to the fact that, again, it's just so much fun, and it really does feel like, as you say, it, it just caps off that those storylines in that, that run in the like just the most spectacular way possible um yeah i and, and Liv has that terrible choice of having to kill drake and mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it's great it's great um yeah i i can't say any more about it. i just think it's damn yeah I, I, again makes me want to go watch it sean how about you well i've had to scramble to find a replacement episode um, uh, the first one that I sort of thought up was the Dungeons and Dragons episode, just from the sheer absurdity of the brain and all the Dungeons and Dragons scenes we got with these characters and the fact that it made a lasting impact on a lot of these characters to where they have regular games throughout the rest of the series. Um, I don't know. It, it It's sort of that middle of the season episode where they're not quite ready to start putting the nails in, like, the stakes in the railroad to progress the main story forward, but also far enough in the season where they can kind of get away with something ridiculously goofy. Um, and uh, Rose McIver's acting even just in general for this show was phenomenal but this episode kind of took the cake for me because 
of just how well she finessed the sort of over-the-top dungeon master that people associate with D&D and tabletop role-playing games as a whole. Uh, it kind of sort of sparked me, like, my interest in tabletop RPGs in a way. It was that in tandem with uh, a few other things I discovered down the road, but it was sort of the inciting incident for that, and it just kind of still holds that place in my heart. But yeah, that's... Yeah, I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Kind of upset you took my choice, Blaze. Well, I mean, what do you? I want to hear your <laughs> thoughts on that too. Chris, like, kind of touched on it, but I mean, yeah. No, please add on. Like, what? Uh, what stood out? Like in that, well, uh, you know. Besides, besides the obvious killing of Rock Icon <laughs> Rob Thomas, uh, which incited the silly joke of when I picked you guys up from the airport, I was just blaring Matchbox Twenty and Rob Thomas songs out the window. Uh, that sort of became a meme unto itself for us. Uh, <laughs> it uh, it just showed a total badass side of Liv that I kind of wanted to see. Uh, knowing Rose McIver's sort of backlog of characters and her playing badass characters like this before, it was just refreshing to see a new take on that. And it just and the way Vaughn went out at the very end sort of felt fitting to how he lived his life mm -hmm. so it just felt like a very solid way to end a lot of the stories from this that season while doing it in a fun yet serious badass kind of way I want to hear your guys' thoughts on the the D&D. &D yeah, episode. I mean, the 20-sided the 20 die one's great. The D&D &D one is, I, I just always, again, I, like you said about Rose McIver's performance, live as, like, the game master doing the voices and mm -hmm. things. It's, uh, absolutely terrific. Um, and just something that will definitely always, uh, always stay with me. And the fact that Clive took to it as much as he did as well knowing how much he loves Game of Thrones, I thought was, um, yeah, it just, it perfect in so many ways. Um, yeah, I thought it was I like a fun branch for them to step out into and um, just classic moments in that episode as like a group. And, you know, I think that was also one of the, you know, one of these like newer episodes, we uh, really got to see Clive show off like his, comedic skills and just like Malcolm Goodwin really shine and and getting to kind of like step out of the the normalcy of his role in um such a believable and fun way definitely and I have I mean my my honest answer is the two-part finale of of um of uh of Deadbeat and uh Salvation Army but uh I had some some <laughs> 
uh, some runners up uh, or some some honorable mentions, I should say. Uh, Blaine's World, the season one finale, I think is pretty great. Um, Zombie Bro is definitely up there for me. Um, <laughs> I kind of Fifty Shades of Grey Matter, the uh, Fifty Shades one's pretty great. And and lastly, um, I'm gonna go with Insane and the Germ Brain from season four, which is the episode where uh, Isabel passes away. Because um, I just remember uh, Lib's got on germaphobe brain, but that just from an emotional standpoint really rocked me. Yeah. Um, but oh man, but I could keep listing episodes for another half hour, and just because I don't want the <laughs> I don't want the discussion of the show to end man it's uh but yeah i think those are all good choices i think every season has its peak episodes you know i think that's really telling too we all could have chosen one from different seasons even um even season five the penultimate episode uh is up there for me which is um what by zombie and um mm -hmm. or by zombies excuse me and then uh, uh five six seven eight is is up there for me as well as a favorite of all time so it just goes to show this as I zombie never through never delivered a clunker of a season and always gave us, you know, some, some serious highlights, no matter what point in the show's run. But, uh, but yeah, but, but with that, uh, I don't really know how, what else to say, except, uh, one last time, uh, Sean Carpenter, tell, tell the good people at home where they can, uh, they can find you and any last things you want to say to our wonderful listeners out there. You guys can always find me on Twitter at Snarky Sean. It you'll find all my other stuff there if you want to continue hearing my my thoughts on things. Um, I do appreciate everyone who's listened to us all the way up to the very end. Not sure how many of you there are who've been there since day one, but I hope you've been entertained thus far. And I hope you will still be entertained by our future endeavors because just because the show is ending doesn't mean we're going to stop doing shenanigans like this. There will always be other shows for us to talk about together. Or even if we don't, there's still other things we could get together and talk about for whatever reason. Honestly, having this experience of actually covering a show that's on the air has opened up a lot of doors for me and I greatly appreciate everything that's sort of come out of this and don't worry the feed ain't going anywhere so if you <laughs> want to listen from the very beginning and follow along with the show on Netflix we will still be here even if it's not necessarily present us um so it'll be be past us from the future. Yeah. Yeah. Something something around those lines. But yeah, just uh thanks. And you know, to both of you guys. Thank you guys for tagging along with me on this fun journey. Yeah, man. It's been it's been definitely one of the most rewarding fun things I've ever had a chance to be a part of, but uh I'll I'll save my my thoughts for the end here first. I want to 
give Blaze Hopkins one last time, uh, one last chance to talk to you listeners and uh, tell 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 the good people where you can uh, where you can find them. Jesus, where they can find you. The heat <laughs> is getting to me. The heat is getting to me. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, as always, like, you can find me at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter, so just keep an eye out on there for everything I'm doing. There will be links and retweets that you can find, but, um, you know, looking back on this show, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I still remember, you know, I didn't really watch this show from the beginning or um, know much about it, I think, until Chris recommended it to me, and... I really fell in love with it, and uh, and then the fact that you know it led to very all kind of very quickly it led to uh, doing this podcast. It's been so much fun and really introduced me into uh, a new world of like content creation that I didn't know would become my favorite um, to both do and consume. And uh, I'm just blown away by iZombie as a show. I think, again, I'll always call it one of those uh, little engine that could shows. I think it had a, you know, a small but passionate fan base. Um, we've gotten to interact with a few of you and uh, over the seasons. And, yeah, I just appreciate everything it's given us and everything the actors gave us. And I'm happy that the network, that the CW, gave it a chance Um because it turned out to be, you know, really well done. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm just uh, thankful that we got to do this and, you know, picked such a consistent show to be able to talk about. And, yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy that it's the end. Yeah, no, I, I, well said. It really, I mean, it is really, it is really crazy. I just, you know. Not that I don't think any of us thought the show was gonna run for mm-hmm. eight nine seasons, but still, you know, that the fact that uh, we have no more new episodes to cover, you know, we're not gonna go on a hiatus and come back next spring to discuss it. Uh, feels weird. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys can find me always um, on Twitter at Seekinger13. Um, but I just want to take a moment to similar to what Blaze and Sean said. Uh, first, I want to thank anyone and everyone who's listened, whether you've listen from the beginning whether you've just hopped on whether you've listened and stopped <laughs> you know it doesn't really matter uh i just anyone i think who you know i, I have my favorite podcasts i i have shows that i'm really dedicated to and uh the fact that we could somehow be that for somebody you know something that pops up on your um on your you know apple podcast app or stitcher or spotify whatever and you see us and uh, and you listen to it and it brightens up your day i mean that to me i think it's just a huge gift um that we've been able to have that even if it's for just a handful of people um that means a lot to me uh i'll always be grateful for the show for the fact that you know it introduced both both blaze and me to sean and we've gotten to know sean over the years and you know we have a relation uh, a friendship now that um you know goes across the country from east coast to west coast i think that's pretty special mm-hmm. um and uh and I'll just be thankful that this series as a whole. I mean, for me, the show came around, out around when I really was into uh, TV criticism and, and TV journalism. I was doing a lot of, of really awesome stuff. And this was one of the shows that I reviewed every week for a while. And um, it never really felt like a chore too much to ever do it. Uh, while my life's different now, I don't have as much time to write about TV Weekly when it was um, 
when it, when it was kind of my my main job, iZombie always made it not feel like a job. Um, and even just getting the chance, you know, Blaze, Sean, and I have all had the chance to you know, talk to some of the actors and the writers at, at different Comic Cons. Um, I just really indebted to to the show for what it's meant to me personally. It's just from an enjoyment standpoint, but also what it's meant to me, you know, professionally in, in certain fields and. Um, I'll, I'll always have a special place in my heart, and I'm very thankful that a place like the CW exists that, that really like allows these shows to flourish. Um, these kind of, you know, oddball, creatively daring, not everyone's cup of tea, but they're they're unique and they're audacious, and uh, and it's 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 led me to now you know actors that. You know, I knew Rose McIver from a couple other things before, but now I'll follow her career wherever it goes. Same thing with Raul, same thing with um, with Malcolm, you know, David Anders, I was familiar with, Ali Mishaka, but like all of them, I'll just always uh, I'll watch whatever they do next. And uh, yeah, and I'm just really grateful to have had this place over the last few years to, you know, discuss it with uh, with two really good friends. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to miss it. Uh, but like Sean said, the feed's not going anywhere. We'll always be there if you want to, you know, go back and listen to our old episodes, which I probably sound terrible on because I only recently just got a good mic. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, where we were, you know, first starting out and didn't really know what we were doing, and we still don't really to some extent. But uh, yeah, um, give it a listen and and share it. If you have people who are watching the show for the first time, let them know and. Uh, Again, we just really appreciate it, uh, everybody. We really do. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you want to find us in the future on Twitter, uh, probably best to go to our personal ones, but it's at iZombieRadio on Twitter. Uh, we are there for um, – we are uh, – the email will still be up as well if you ever want to email us at iZombieRadio uh, at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as, as Sean has always said, we're on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, a whole lot of different podcast uh, apps. So, uh, yeah, be sure to keep listening to us there. Um, and I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just say from, I think, from all three of us one last time, thank you guys very much. Uh, we love you. And uh, this has been iZombie Radio signing off one last time. Uh, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.